Summary. I'm your host, George. Whew. Next week, we are talking House of M in full. I got a bunch of fun and exciting comic creators, comic readers, and friends of the show lined up to share their thoughts on the book, and we're doing something really special. Now, House of M came out summer 2005, and it was a hugely influential year for me personally. So this episode is going to be a little different. We're actually not talking comics this week. Instead, we're talking about the music and movies of 2005, because as you'll find out, this year wasn't just big for me. It was big for our first guest, Aaliyah, my girlfriend, who's coming on to talk about tunes, and our second guest, Colin, who's here to talk about what we were seeing at the movies this summer. We will not be covering TV because it's summer, and summer programming wasn't the best, but we'll cover it on a later episode for sure. We got a lot to talk about with Lost and The Office, and uh, what a time. What a time to be alive and have dial-up internet so you had to watch cable. If you listen to Shortbox Summary for the comic talk, first of all, thank you. That's really cool. Uh, but hey, a big star-studded episode will be in your ears next week. If you're here because you like putting on your time shoes and walking back the clock with us, then I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please reach out to us on Twitter at Shortbox Summary. Please check out uh, other comic shows I like, like Last Comic Shop, Social, Social Justice Warriors Comics Podcast, uh, this captioned life, none of my friends like comics, there's a lot of great shows out there, so your ears should be happy. R uh, like, rate, subscribe, do all that cool stuff that I know you know how to do, because you've been on the internet uh, long enough to find this podcast, so I'm sure you've heard the spiel before. Thank you so much, and uh, let's kick things off. Uh, we're going to talk about music, and for music, I've got a special guest. I've got Aaliyah returning to the pod. Hi! Aaliyah, welcome back, the fans demanded it. All, all two of my fans. You got more fans than that. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, I do know for a fact that I, I know two people who have specifically requested you. Just because people don't request you doesn't mean you're they're not fans. Well, how how am I supposed to know? I don't know. You have your profile on private. Pr on private. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Think about the growth of the potty. Quit being so selfish. <laughs> Jeez. I'm a lawyer. I need my privacy. Just so you know, like judges don't realize how dumb I am okay. IRL <laughs> it's like wow this she's a very good lawyer but she pathetically goes on her boyfriend's podcast to talk about comic books from 2005 and she only tweets about Red Sox baseball <laughs> <laughs> do pretty well with the like law offices in Boston anyway right yeah maybe, yeah sure maybe New Hampshire. <laughs> uh you're here to talk about music we're gonna do something kind of special like I said I'm trying to do a different episode this week trying to make it I don't even want to say more fun, because I think this podcast is pretty fun, but try to make it a little a little weirder this this summer. It's anyway. always good to try something new. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, we're talking about House of M, which is a comic you're going to come on to talk about on the next week's episode. That's what I have to read, right? That is what you have to read. Yeah, okay. You're going to... God, I wish there was a podcast I could just listen to that tells me all about the stuff I'm supposed to read for my boyfriend's podcast. Yeah, that'd be so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're on to talk about music, but House of M came out between June 1st, 2005 and November 1st, 2005. And so I wanted to talk about the, the five Billboard songs when the first issue came out. I compare that to the five Billboard songs when the last issue came out. Okay. But besides that, you and I have a common love, and we never get to talk about it because our common love did not chart very well on Billboard Hot 100. I mean, we get to talk about it a lot. We do talk about it a lot. But not on any kind of official N not on, airwaves. No, not on, not on the podcast. You and I both love pop punk, emo, screamo, extremo. Like, we love that shit from the mid-2000s. Emo is, like, extremely, like, in my DNA. Yeah, it's true. You reference 
you just make so many references throughout the day to just like random like Jack's mannequin songs you'll do. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we're gonna sandwich the 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 billboards uh, conversation with um, some some fun pop punk stuff. I actually found on the soap opera network website. <laughs> I found a posting from January 1st, 2006, where it was them doing, like, a top 100 of alternative songs. So we've got, um, we're going to talk about some different music that, honestly, I really just want to talk to because it's, it's summer and I just want to play shitty Taking Back Sunday songs really loud in my car. That's literally all I want to do ever. All right. So starting with the uh, Billboard Hot 100 from June 4th, 2005. Let's start with song number five. Song number five, Don't Funk With My Heart by the Black Eyed Peas. So I feel like the Black Eyed Peas aged really quickly. Yeah, they did not endure time. They were the fruit, <laughs> fruit flies of, of, of music. Uh, that song still kind of slaps, though. It it does, and, like, uh, I just remember, like, when Where Is The Love came out, I think I was in 7th or 8th grade, I was just like, oh, fuck, this sounds really cool. And then they, they kept getting funkier, which was fun, but then, like, man, like, they, I just remember them getting made fun of so much on SNL, and it's like, wow, if SNL is just, like, you know, poking poking the dead horse, that's, that's not a good something. look. It's not, not a good look. And then Fergie tried to do her own thing, which oh, kind of worked. Don't get me fucking started on Fergie. I am, <laughs> I am not excited to tell the story about uh, oh, about big, big girls. Don't cry. Big girls don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to that, everyone, in 2007. Tune in. Oh my god. It's fucking bullshit, man. Alright, what's next? What's next is uh, song number four, Just a Little Bit, 50 Cent. This song came out, and I remember, like, making fun of it, because I liked it so much. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna pour some Pepsi in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get some snacks for just, for just for a little bit. I and feel like I'm sure I made some of these lyrics, like, my way message on AIM. That, yeah, it was the era, yeah. Yeah, like, that, I feel like is right. I, I cannot <laughs> confirm nor deny, but it feels right. You and I never would have spoken in high school, because I was an MSN Instant Messenger kid. Oh, God. Yeah. I had a Hotmail. It was just so easy. All right, it's over. It's over? Okay. I had AIM in middle school, you know, for, for babies, because that's what babies do is AIM. Yeah, I would still use AIM today if I could. Yeah, I kind of miss chat rooms. I gotta be... I think that's why I like spaces so much, because yeah. spaces are basically just like a chat room and like a call-in radio show had a baby. Yeah, I feel like Slack is basically AIM. It is, but it's just like, it's people I work with. Like, that's not fun. There's no, not, there's no like movies channel. I mean, there is because I made one, but like no one talks. <laughs> All right, what's our next song? Song number three is Oh by Ciara featuring Ludacris. got behind Ciara which like I feel cool about now because Russell Wilson's super weird he's definitely watering down her brand not gonna pretend he isn't yeah I just I, I never bought in I'm, I'm kind of glad I never bought in this beat is hip 
Hypnotic, supersonic, funky. Automatic, Okay. Hypnotic. Well, you know what? It's been fucking 18 years since I heard that song. I forgot the words. Didn't forget how it made me feel. So fuck off. I love you. I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Next song, please. <laughs> Next song. <laughs> Next song is Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani. that didn't age great yeah Gwen Stefani in general um I'm not gonna pretend it went all downhill when she married Blake Sheldon it clearly went downhill before them but that didn't help that's like yeah and I love Blake Sheldon that's like throwing a, a, a toaster into a bathtub someone's already drowned in <laughs> who thinks of these things I'm just trying to think like it was already bad and then it got worse like yeah but that song I remember that song being like all the rage like it was on the radio all the time like cheerleaders danced to it it was like it was a big song it was a big song um and it was also still like strange at this point to see Gwen Stefani on her own because um yeah that's true hella good was like a pretty big song for me on like a personal level because she looked pretty good in that music video and I was 13 years old uh, uh so huh. seeing her on her own and like without like the ska punk veneer was still strange good strange or bad strange good strange um i don't know the things you, you found out about like her her asian posse after the fact you're like oh that's that's not great that's not great yeah. that's not a great way to treat human beings uh song number one we belong together mariah carey This is the music video where I think she's supposed to marry Eric Roberts and then she runs away with Wentworth Miller. And it's funny. Is that or, or is it Switch where she runs away with Eric Roberts? No, he's because he's old and gross. Because he also plays the bad guy in another song we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like my... He's, he's a little young there, oh, but... Jesus Christ. I hate how much you like older dudes. <laughs> yeah. I'm one year older than you. I have no salt. I have... I uh, bought my stock early. I'm strictly pepper. <laughs> you have some salt. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know. I don't post my face here. Um, I It's just... It's so weird, because, like, I remember thinking like oh man mariah carey she hasn't been around that long this is like 10 years after she debuted like 15 years after she de she debuted and she was still like one of the hottest like physically people who was performing and then like still like one of the most popular she's fucking number one on billboard like yeah she definitely i think because her career started when i was like literally a baby yeah i like didn't realize it mm -hmm. but and like even now like you say mariah carey people still know who you're talking about like Oh, that she monopolized Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Like, I w we could blast We Belong Together at a bar. Yeah. And people would know the words. Everyone would be singing it. Yeah. Also, Wentworth Miller. This is, uh, I think, just before Prison Break. Like a year or two before Prison Break. What a. He, he burned bright, but burned out fast. Well, because he did Prison Break and then he played Captain Cold on The Flash Show. Oh, that's right. Well, he had one thing, like, he gained a whole bunch of weight, and then, like, the internet, like, made fun of him, and it was, like, really depressing. It was, like, a really sad moment of, like, humanity, of just, like, oh, hey, this person's, like, clearly going through shit, and everyone's just gonna pile on. 
Yeah, he, people suck. And then he got fucking shreddy again. I love him in Prison Break. I love Prison Break. Prison Break's fucking like pr- like probably the most preposterous premise for a TV show I could possibly think of. Like he gets he designed the prison. He gets a tattoo of the blueprints on his back, right? Like that's yeah. And then he breaks he, his brother. He out. He gets his brother out. And then it went on for four more seasons after that. Three more seasons. Yeah, tune in. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah God, you love that shit. I do. Like two, th- like it, like if you were to start a podcast, it'd be like mid two thousands primetime drama shows. Oh god, like CSI, CSI, Law and Order, twenty four, twenty. Oh, Lost. Yeah, I would dominate the show. You, you and Steph should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we moving on to, George? We're moving on to uh, like the pop punk era, and uh, I've just got some some random facts and fun things. Uh, this is a big year. I feel like this is not the year that I fell in love with pop punk and emo, but this is the year it felt like it. It sort of like went up a notch. And so I got, like, a, a bunch of albums that came out that year, and we're also going to talk about individual songs. But uh, from Under the Court Tree, Fall Out Boy, May 3rd, 2005. So just before the, the range we're talking about. But it stuff wasn't charting or, like, playing on Fuse or MTV until this summer. So this is uh, Sugar, We're Going Down. Dance, dance. Dance, dance. I don't think I like this album as much as Take This to Your Grave. I think Take This to Your Grave, while only 44 minutes long, is like a, a fucking perfect, perfect album. No, yeah. no skips on that. Uh, but this also felt like they were elevated and then somehow they got even bigger in like 2016 2017 yeah but then like what happened wasn't didn't pete wins take a picture of his dick wasn't i don't know didn't that happen around then i can't keep track of these men uh, yeah. first there was brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see what else uh may 23rd 2005 so later that month uh we got crimson from alkaline trio and this was my first exposure to Alkaline Trio. And it's not a band I, like, especially love. I've since gone back and um, appreciated a lot of their music. But this album had a song called Mercy Me. And uh, man, that song really got to me, man. That that one really just spoke on a George Primal level. I have difficulty talking about albums in this era because all of my music was like, Down- downloaded one single at a time. Yeah, like downloaded on LimeWire or like gifted to me on a mix CD. So like I didn't necessarily know even the artist or the song name, <laughs> but like I knew all of the words. Yeah, that's such a pain in the ass thing too. Cause like all these, like so many songs popped up when I searched like 2005 pop punk, but they were all from albums from 2004. But like the single itself wasn't officially released to radio stations until like January, 2005. I'm like, well, that doesn't really count. Like that's not like, Oh, yeah. uh, this photograph is proof like from <laughs> taking back Sunday. Like, that album came out in 04, but that single was released January 11th, 2005. I'm like, well, that seems a little disingenuous to what I want to do here. But um, I agree with the the LimeWire acquisition 
Yeah, Eve Six sang every song. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love their version <laughs> of All the Small Things. It sounded just like Blink-182. It was really impressive. Uh, Almost Here by the Academy Is. This had songs like Check Marks and Slow Down. That came out February 2005. Were you a big Academy Is fan? I don't think we've ever actually had that discussion. I wasn't, and still am not okay, just so, unfamiliar. <laughs> Alright, well, we'll skip this part then. <laughs> uh, Move Along by the All-American Rejects, featuring songs like It Ends Tonight, Dirty Little Secret, and the titular song, the ep- eponymous song, Move Along. I like them more before they did this. <laughs> this felt like they really put the pop into pop punk with, with this album. This was, I think, my first exposure to All American Rejects. So. Oh, man, they had one album. I can't, like, because you're right. I did not consume albums. I consumed songs that I could find. And so they had this one song back in 2002, 2003 called Swing Swing. Oh, I know Swing Swing. Okay, but, like, that just, it, it sounds like a fucking suicide note compared to, like, things on this album. That's fair. That's fair. And I kind of just miss that, like, more garagey vibe that they had. This is also the era of, like, me listening to, like, mix CDs on, like, my CD player with headphones on, like, staring out the window, driving in the backseat of my parents' car, like... Yeah. Thinking I'm in a music video or something. Yeah, no, big time, big time, big time. Staring Uh, out the window, contemplating my life. Would you try to fit all the tracks on the face of the CD when you made a mixtape for someone, or a mix CD for someone, or would you give them, like, the paper that had the track listing? I would write it on the CD, try and fit everything. I would, too, but it always reminds me of, like, that John Mulaney bit where he's, like, you know, when you're making, like, a birthday sign for someone, like, a big-ass H! A big-ass I! And then, like, you realize, like, you run out of state, like, little R, (laughs) little T. (laughs) That's kind of what it it felt like to me. I would always try to, but I would, then I got into the idea of just, like, naming the CD, like, coming up with a title for the CD and then doing my best, uh, pretty bad. Uh, like, album artwork for the actual physical CD. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, Ben has a lot of, um, I think I called them Snuggle Bunches of Oats, was our... You guys are so in love. Oh, God, he's my best friend. My longest, oldest friend. I just have various mix CDs from, like, various love interests throughout my high school days. Would you give those away? Like, uh, like I hope they get the hint based on this arrangement of songs. I wasn't a big maker of mixtapes. I was a big receiver of Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, And I, like, at the time, just didn't fucking get the hint. I I look back now and I listen to a CD and I'm like, oh, a boy made this for me? Oh, You actually, you you had had one in your old car. And, like, even I remember being like, (laughs) (laughs) You're like, who was this guy? (laughs) Oh, man, he, like... He had it bad for you. <laughs> that happened on more than one occasion. Like, at least three that I can think of right now. Must be fucking nice. I was clueless. Clueless. I was always the maker, the CD maker. Oh, see, we would have been perfect. Oh, look at that. Um, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic at the Disco. This one, of course, features I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Oh, 
I can't name a second song they did until 15 years after this, until until High Hopes. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I did you not. You love High Hopes. I do love High Hopes. It's a perfect bar song. Um, I I dabbled in Panic. I was not a big. <laughs> it was conversational. <laughs> um, I could ask like where the bathroom was in Panic. I could get a, get a beer in Panic at the Disco. Uh, twenty twenty, Leah was very into Panic, <laughs> but like Panic Attacks. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was I was there. Um, not for your Panic Attacks. I was there also in PA City, Panic Attack City. Um, but yeah, I I liked Panic at the Disco. It was not one of my like core musical influences i i'd agree with that that song was fun but it was also just fun because i i think i was let's see it was 14 15 when this came out i i like that he said whore like i was just like oh that's interesting oh he's edgy i mean kind of like that's how dumb 14 year olds are and that's great 14 year olds are supposed to be dumb they don't know anything they haven't seen anything they haven't heard anything that and i don't know if this was the same for you but Honestly, like, the more mainstream popular an emo punk song was, like, the less I liked it. Yeah, the less interesting. You wanted to be, like, the discoverer. like the... Yeah, like, I wanted to know, like, the niche shit and be like, I'm so cool. Yeah, I wanted to be the Marco Polo of emo music without all the controversial shit about Marco Polo. But, like, I was, like, very into, like, Postal Service, Death yeah. Cab, and, like, made my mom learn, like, all these songs. And I'd be like, Mom, who sings this? That's so weird. I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely fucking done that to you. That's. <laughs> I know, but I used to do that to my mom. Like my mom knew like every dashboard confessional song. <laughs> God bless her. This was um. This was not the like the summer I like moved into like this new house in Maine and like came back. I, I used to live in South America and then I, I moved back. And uh, my sister left behind, like, a, a giant CD binder. And it really felt like that scene in Almost Famous where she, like, leaves all of her vinyl records, like, in a note that just says, listen to Tommy with a candle burning and you'll see your whole future. And so I really did feel like that. So, like, that's where I found, like, Dashboard Confessional, Nine Inch Nails, like, every Led Zeppelin album that, mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, wait, they had more than Survey. <laughs> um, you know, again, because I was 13 going on 14, going on 15, just didn't know shit. Um... This was also, I couldn't find a date for this, but <laughs> Commit This to Memory by Motion City Soundtrack. This is the one that had Everything is Alright When You're Around, Make Out Kids. And my personal favorite off the album is Hold Me Down. Now this is like extremely my shit. Yeah. Yeah, Motion City soundtrack, like, underrated. Yeah. Extremely underrated. It's like a, a key to, like, your, your DNA. Like, it just, it it's the Rosetta Stone to your feelings. It's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> The feels. <laughs> I wish you could ever get see she's doing, like, Italian hand gestures. Like, <laughs> month the man. <laughs> Zero percent Italian in me. Yeah, but your hands, uh, straight out of Sicily. <laughs> she's got them Sicilian fingers. Um... This is also the year of Hot Fuss by The Killers. Hell yes. One of the most influential albums on me as a person. And I don't care how popular they are, I will always love The Killers. Better live. They are better live, aren't they? 
Absolutely. You forgot I was there and that I can say that too. No, I knew. Oh, okay. I bought you those tickets. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if you remembered <laughs> I was there because Brandon Flowers was on stage. I assume you thought every everything other, else just every, blacked every out. other man died. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, so I really thought we were the only two people in the world for for a hot I second. I mean, there. when he opens his mouth, it feels like that, right? Uh, yeah. No, he wrote all those songs for me. I get it. Yeah. Am I the Sam from Sam's Town? My name is George. But George's town doesn't sound as good as Sam's town. Oh, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. uh, I think my favorite track off that album, like, I understand the easy one to say is uh, Mr. Brightside, because that's, like, the most quintessential bar song ever. Yeah. Uh, it's actually Smile Like You Mean It. But that's not it. Like I mentioned earlier, I found a list of the top 100 alternative songs of 2005 uh, posted by Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rick. Shout out Rick with exclamation point instead of an I. Wouldn't be here without you, Rick. Uh, This is on the Soap Opera Network community message boards. (laughs) This was posted January 1st, 2006. (laughs) And it says, courtesy of Radio and Records. I don't know if that's uh, a person or like another chart. Um, or this is just like literally a list of, of songs that they like, but let's quickly go through some bangers. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Hand That Feeds. I assume you don't give a shit about Nine Inch Nails. Uh, no, the only Nine Inch Nails song I liked was the one that Johnny Cash... <laughs> <laughs> covered. covered. I thought for sure because the only Nine Inch Nails song I like is the score to the Social Network. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, the one that Johnny Cash covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I knew was Johnny Cash before Nine Inch Nails, and I thought Nine Inch Nails covered it. And like, why would you? My make, mind was blown. Why would you make a worse version of this song? That doesn't make sense. I mean, kind of. <laughs> Another song on the list: Foo Fighters' "Best of You." That song does bang. Uh, Weezer, Beverly Hills. So, oh, this that means that this summer was my first concert ever. Oh, and you went to Weezer. I went to see in Weezer. Portland. Yeah, down in down in Portland, Maine. And I remember driving down with my sister, and we heard that. Um, fuck, what's that band? What's the really embarrassing band? You're on the not not specific. not see their, uh, not like I'm um, Nickelback. No, I think it was Creed. Puddle of Mud? Is either no no, they had a couple of good songs. Uh it was either Creed or Creed like band. Okay. Was doing like a signing at the Best Buy in Portland and we had no idea who the opening act was for Weezer and we were like kinda scared it was gonna be Creed. We're like, we don't wanna fucking see Creed. <laughs> and uh it turns out it was the Fray. But this was like before they got really popular. Oh, I like the Fray. I like the Fray too. There was one scene where, or one moment at the concert where he like he's like, Is anyone here named Samantha? And this girl in, like, the middle of the pit or whatever, like, started, like, ah, I'm Samantha! And he's like, I made you this. And he just, like, threw an orange at her. <laughs> what? It was, like, an underhand talk. Underhand talk. He didn't, like, peg her with, a, okay. with, with an orange. Um, but, yeah, that was, I was like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, that's my first concert, but, like, I don't think this normally happens. All right, so let me ask. 
Weezer in 2005 versus Weezer in 2019, I think we saw him. Um, versus 2019. Uh, th- like, they did a medley of all their big hits when we saw them in, that was like 2016. We saw them in 2016 and then we saw them at Not So Silent Night. At Not Night. So Silent <laughs> I've seen Weezer three times. Damn, yeah. Wow, I'm that guy. Um, like, I want to say 2005 just because they had fewer songs I I didn't care about okay. in 2005. So, like, they actually played, like, almost all of Pinkerton, which was really fucking That's cool. Sweet. And then, in, like, when we saw them in 2016, they kind of, they did, like, that three-minute mashup medley. Where they're like, we have to play these songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, some other bangers I just want to give some acknowledgement to. Ooh, Papa Roach Scars. Bro. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a great song. No, no, it's not even that. It's like, I'm pretty sure they ripped that line off from a movie called The Recruit. Starring oh, you Al- say this all the time. This is like a conspiracy hill I'm going to fucking die on. Or it's an <laughs> Al Pacino movie with Colin Farrell. And he like goes to the farm, you know, to like become like a CIA agent or whatever. And Al Pacino's like an instructor. And he like points to like a scar and he's like scars are great because they remind us that the past really happened i can't really do an al pacino it's very hard to to mimic but um and then like fucking later that year like fucking scars by papa roach comes out and it's the same line like i feel like that's like a sentiment that has been said many times why did two people say it the same year that doesn't make any goddamn sense like it like in two like no, this is, again, this is, like, All my... Right, this die is, on your hill. No, yeah, this is my, like, no, we recovered aliens in 1947 at Roswell. All right, Jimmy World Pain. One of my more favorite... Jimmy, I love Jimmy, Jimmy. One of my more favorite Jimmy World songs, for sure. Better Live. Did I see them at Not So Silent Night? No. No, they played the year before we went. The year I got free tickets but couldn't make it. Thanks, s- thanks Justin. Sorry I couldn't go. I saw them on New Year's Eve in Atlantic City. I want to say in like 2009. Mm-hmm. I, it, I think I was like a freshman in college and I went with my best friend from high school. It was amazing. Um, let's see, what else? I, I just want to mention, like, a couple more songs and throw those in. I think we should hit, like, like a half hour. I think we'd be good. Um, but, uh, let's see. <laughs> Cold by Crossfade? So you know that scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where he gets everyone to sing Backstreet Boys, like, in the lineup? Yeah, the opening. Yeah, I had a moment like that where it was, like, me and, like, four other dudes. Like, it was, like, uh, Ben and Jake and other people from our fantasy football league <laughs> that were all in together. And yes. Really, you really are, like, the best girlfriend in the world, you know that? <laughs> um, we, like, I forget who started singing, but then, like, we all started doing, like, a, like, a, acapa- a harmony? Like, acapella <laughs> harmony vocal of it. And it's, like, one of my, like, like 
oh, George, what happened in high school? I was like, uh, uh, I kissed this girl, uh, me and my four friends sang <laughs> quotes, but, but crossfade. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. We got, uh, E-Pro by Beck. We got Queens of the Stone Age singing Little Sister. This is when everything from American Idiot started charting too. Yeah. So we got a bunch of Green Day. Um, this is also when uh, My Chemical Romance started getting probably like more play because like they really rode off the success of i'm not okay for a long time and i feel like this was the year that like helena really popped off This was when I was like, mm, a little too mainstream. Oh, okay. oh excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, speed of sound, Coldplay. Three Days Grace. Yeah, I remember them. Um, swing Life Away by Rise Against. Oh, man. We just like, what a fun year. Oh, fuck. Velvet Revolver was this year, too? Um, Fall to Pieces was really good. Slither was fucking amazing. In fact, we're gonna do Slither right now. And, um, I think that's pretty much all we've got for the alternative. You're gonna skip- Well, I mean, we're gonna talk about it in a second. When we get back to Billboard. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Whoopsies. I might, I might bleep that out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Some 41 pieces. Uh, yeah, man. Just as like a... a 15-year-old... Oh, fuck. Franz Ferdinand was 2005? Ooh, Soulmate's Body. Hot Hot Heat was 2005. 
Man, um... Ah, the used. I was waiting to see if there was going to be a used song. All that I've got. Oh, yeah, that album did come out, right? That year, 2005? It might have been 2004. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, King, ah, uh, Kings of Leon. First time I heard that was with The Bucket. Man, that was fun talking about the stuff we would never get to talk about just covering Billboard Hot 100. Sorry, you guys who aren't uh, alternative rock fans, but... Yeah, also, you're fucking hate that. It's Again, I'm not looking forward to adding that, but I'm glad we got to talk about the, the important works that shaped us. Um, let's jump to the end. Uh, House of M number 8 came out November 1st, 2005. And so I got the Billboard Hot 100 for November 5th, 2005, the end of that week. We're going to do all 100? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe we should. If we want this to be a complete podcast. Fuck, Hawthorne Heights? Ohio is for lovers? That was on the 2005 alternative shit, too? cheese fuck yeah okay man 2005 maybe i do want to go back maybe we just do a music pod about 2005 that sounds awesome 2000 thrive because we were fucking alive back then 2000 alive we're gonna have to talk about what we want to call it um all right let's get back to november yeah okay soul survivor <laughs> by young Jeezy featuring akon with song number five Maybe it's the wine. Maybe it's talking about Hawthorne Heights and Kaiser Chiefs and <laughs> and the Killers and and everything else. I cannot even remember the melody of the song. No, I don't know if I've. I'm sure I've heard it, but I cannot remember. All right, we just took a break to listen to that song, and like apparently I've covered that on the show before. I have no memories of this song whatsoever. Me neither. I think I was too busy listening to Hot Hot Heat. And Kaiser Chiefs. Moving on. Moving on. Song number four, uh, Photograph by Nickelback. Do you love it? I do love it. I hate to admit that I love it, but... But you love it. But I love it. Okay. Look at this graph. <laughs> oh, man. Song number three of Black Eyed Peas could not be stopped. They had my humps.
even at like age 15, I was like, guys are being a little on the nose. Yeah, like you're like trying a little too hard. Yeah, like I appreciate subtlety. Subtlety is sexy. Yeah. Um. But man, was it, it has a fucking great beat though. <laughs> All right, song number two. This song really does pop. Uh, song number two, "Run It" by Chris Brown. You're really gonna play Chris Brown on this podcast? Um, no, probably not actually. But I mean, the song is number two. Bad person does bad things. Can we support him? I'm not giving them money to play them on my podcast. Okay. Song number one is uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West featuring Jamie Foxx. I disagree with Kanye about a lot of things, but this song... But not his first five albums. <laughs> yeah. You get it. Everything up through my, my uh, Dark Twist of Fantasy... Um. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I know you loved um, college dropout. Was that yeah? Is that, that your favorite? What was the one before college dropout? Was it registration. I, whatever album through the wire was on. Okay. I love through the wire. Okay. Uh, I remember being surprised that Jamie Fox could sing because, like, I knew him from. Uh, a sketch comedy show he did uh, in the 90s. That was, like, I think that's where Jim Carrey came from, too. Okay. Um, and, like, knew him as, like, an actor. But I had no idea he was, like... Because I think this was, like, around the time Rave was coming out. And it's just, like, oh, he's actually, like, a classically trained pianist. And I'm just, like, oh, he's, like, a, a really good musician. Like, I just did not have, like... I, I guess I compartmentalize him into just being, like, a cool actor. Yeah, you didn't know his range. Yeah, like, no, that dude's, like, fucking renaissance man. Like, he can only do everything. I feel like I've heard him featured on so many songs, but I don't know if I know any... Does he have albums out? That's a great question. I don't know. I didn't really look into it. Because, again, like, we talked about it, but, like, this was not... Because, like, CDs still cost, like, $16, $17 a pop back then. Mm -hmm. And um, they would last maybe an hour. So, like, if it was your favorite band, you'd buy that CD. But everything else, you would, like, try to snake off... LimeWire. Off LimeWire or... Um, Record off of the radio. Even then, tape decks were starting to phase out. Like, this was around the time I got a, a, a stereo that had, like, a direct line to, like, a FireWire cable. Okay. So I could, like, plug in my computer directly to my stereo. In fact, I, I fucking couldn't because I had a Mac and it only worked with PC. But it would it was really nice in theory. It would have been cool. It would have been tight. Um, that was 2005. Man, what a fun music time. Like, the pop music was really... I don't know if it was good, but it was, like, at least enjoyable. Like, we, we didn't know shit about Chris Brown back then. But, like, Run It was, like, a fun song to, to turn up, right? Like, when, when that shit came yeah. on the radio. And, like... Even the bad songs were, like, still catchy. Yeah, and I think we, we talked about The Killers a bunch. I think, like, Mr. Brightside or... Uh, fuck, Somebody told me? Somebody told me. They, I think that one, like, popped off at, like, 11 on Billboard. And this was also, like, uh, Behind These Hazel Eyes, Kelly Clarkson era. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, so, yeah, like, Since You've Been Gone, like, it was, like, around that time. 
Yeah, what year did she win American Idol? Was it 2004 and then... I think it was 2003. Okay. Yeah, I was in seventh grade, I think. Why do you remember that? Because I remember being at a friend's house watching her win American Idol. Do you stand Kelly Clarkson? I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan, yeah. Um, I remember, like, not really thinking much of her, and then they had this, like, run of, like, live concerts called, like, uh, AOL Sessions. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she did, like, live at AOL, and then, like, I saw her sing Since You've Been Gone, and I was just like, holy fuck, like... She can sing. She, she has pipes, yeah, like, she really fucking went for it. And then ever since then, I had, like, such, like, a, a newfound respect for her. And, like, even on, like, I think our second date, I remember singing Since You've Been Gone, like, when, yep. it, when it came on the radio. In the parking lot to McDonald's. Yeah, because I... <laughs> Because I know how to treat women. Because <laughs> everyone loves a milkshake after they go bowling. After you kicked my ass in bowling. Oh, you're so fucking bad at bowling. I still am. Yeah. Aaliyah, thank you so much for coming on to talk about music. Thank you for sharing your music memories. Thank you for helping us set the mood of, of 2005. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Any any closing thoughts before you come back to talk about how you felt of, of House of M? No, just I want to go like dig out some mixed cds that were made for me in approximately 2005 and relive my youth yeah so like you know how you can go on peacock or whatever and like watch every episode of law and order yeah you know how it's like not as much fun as like flipping through the channels and seeing a random episode on yeah that's kind of spotify for me like i wholeheartedly agree yeah i always want there to be like a a randomizer button on like hulu Mm-hmm. specifically for, like, Law & Order and, like, those shows that have, like, hundreds of episodes. Because you're like, well, sometimes I want, like, season two, and then I want to go to season seven, and then I want to go 13, and back in time. Everyone was so excited when Seinfeld jumped from Hulu to Netflix, but, like, what they forget is that, like, it was on Hulu, and, like, they had, like, they had playlists made, where it's just, like, here's every episode that took place in Florida, and it's, like, oh, that's really fucking cool, maybe Netflix could introduce that feature, and it's been, um, 20 years on Netflix, and, uh, fuck you, and they haven't. Hulu only did that for, like, a Very small select shows, number of, yeah. of shows. They're, they're, they're breadwinners. They should just put us in charge of everything. Yeah, they should definitely put us in charge of Hulu, that'd be great. And uh, thank you for putting us in charge of, of music Shortbox from t- 2005. <laughs> and Shortbox Summary. Appreciate it. Aaliyah, thank you so much. And we will uh, talk to you again very soon on this show. Thank you. Hello, Internet. We've taken a break from Aaliyah and I talking about the music of 2005. And I invited my friend Colin on to talk about the movies of 2005. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk about some films. Ready to talk about some films? That's awesome. So this is like a big blowout episode for House of M, the big event comic for Marvel for 2005 and set off like this chain reaction of annual big blockbuster events. And um, I want to look at the culture holistically of, of 2005. So Leah was on to talk about the music. You're here to talk about the movies. So let's jump right into it. Um, House of M issue one came out June 1st, 2005, according to Marvel Unlimited. I'm going to just go with the Marvel Limited dates because I want to do like too much extra work. So we're going to talk about domestic box office for the weekend of June 3rd through June 5th. Colin, the number one movie at the box office was Madagascar. Unbelievable. Actually believable. 
but very very believable yeah chris rock was a giraffe i believe dave schwimmer was swimmer dave dave schwimmer was a giraffe chris rock was an animal ben stiller i think was a cowardly lion lion. yeah Yeah. and jada pinkett smith was the hippo yeah saw this in theaters i think i had a good time watching this movie because the lemurs showed up and the lemurs knew how to rave uh, oh, the lemurs, and then also this introduced the penguins, right? Which I, I think went on to have their own film years later. Bro, the amount of times I've had to watch that goddamn movie with my niece. Uh, <laughs> she she loves the penguins, Colin. Every every, every child loves the penguins. I, I mean, I, I think I've only seen the first one, and I'm pretty sure I could tell you the names of the people I went to theaters, to the theater with to see Madagascar. And it was like a random Friday with nothing to do in, in high school or we just graduated and someone was like, let's go see Madagascar. And we're like, why? And then we saw it and I think we laughed pretty decently the whole time. But uh, yeah, you just graduated high school. I just graduated freshman year of high school. So I was, it was a summer between ninth and 10th grade. Mm, And magical time. It sure was. And same thing where it was just like, Oh, there's like all these people that we knew who were coming into high school so half the group was them and then half the group was like us freshmen who were about to become sophomores. And it was, it was exciting. It was like meeting new people. And it's just like, Oh shit, you seem really cool and really nice. I'm like, you don't know that embarrassing thing that happened to me in English class. Like we should hang out more. This is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be a good friendship because you don't know how, how dumb I am during certain spelling tests. Um, <laughs> movie number two, star Wars episode three, revenge of the Sith. Yep. I, I actually remember I had, I was working at Best Buy at the time selling cell phones and cell phone plans. And I went to go see this still wearing my Best Buy shirt. Oh, very, did you get a discount? Was it like uh, a, like a, like an industry night kind of thing? No, I like friends came into my store and were like, we bought tickets tonight. We're picking you up as soon as you're off your shift and we're taking you. We're going to go see the movie. Actually, it, where I was in Virginia had a movie theater in the same shopping center. So I just like ran over in khakis and a blue best buy shirt into a packed theater to see this <laughs> i also went to a packed theater to see this i was a, about to be 15 when this movie came out and my sister's boyfriend was living with us at the time and he was like a big nerd like we would play video games together we would talk about nerdy shit together i l- love that guy great guy um my sister was not a nerd she dated him because he was the captain of the rugby team in college <laughs> Got it. And so we would play like ESPN NFL 2K together. We had a great time doing shit like that. She did not want to go to this movie, but we both really wanted to go. So she made us pull over. I was like taking like my permit test. She made us pull over at a gas station. She ran in and she bought like a 12 pack of beer and she's a girl and it was 2005. So like she had no pockets whatsoever. And uh, her boyfriend was wearing sweatpants, so he didn't really have a good pocket situation either. So I, being the only person wearing cargo shorts and wearing a hoodie, I was the beer mule for this movie. Underage George was the beer mule? I was 14, and I, I had like eight <laughs> beers on me. And we, like, we went out to buy tickets, and it's just like, God, like don't move. like No one bump into me. Like Please don't anyone knock anything out of my pockets right now. And I remember like sneaking all those into the movie. And I felt like the fucking coolest person in the universe. <laughs> and we sat down and we watched a movie. I hated Attack of the Clones so much. Like even as like a 13 year old, 12 year old, I was like, I don't think that was an especially good film, which is a bad sign um, 
from a, a seventh grader when that comes out sixth grader but man i i enjoyed this movie and it, my, one of my first beers i can remember drinking What what was it? Was it like Coors Light, Bud Light? No, it was, it was probably like Bud Heavy, but but Diesel. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but Diesel, I honestly, as as we call it in Maine. I liked. Uh, I didn't really understand the prequel trilogy the first time I saw it. Like the, the, all the politics that was going on it, it went over my head. So I was just like, I'm here for the lightsaber battles and the Jedi and the and the bad guys. Mm. And I liked Attack of the Clones because of the end, like giant battle. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I don't even remember Revenge of the Sith all that much besides the famous like fight at the end when he becomes Vader, basically. But uh, didn't this one start with um, General Grievous and his like he and uh, uh, what Kenobi are like fighting on that planet and like chasing each other? I didn't start there. It started with them fighting on a spaceship above Coruscant. Got it. OK. And then like the ship was crashing down and that's where uh, Anakin like beheads Count Dooku and shit. Mm, yes yeah. yes i do remember that now general okay. general emphysema grievous himself yeah yeah <laughs> with his weird like crippled burning heart in his chest <laughs> kenobi yeah yeah yep yep okay <clears throat> god i sound like general grievous uh number three the longest yard did not see till purchased on DVD my freshman year of college. So technically still 2005, just several months later. <laughs> I was 14 and it was an Adam Sandler movie. I absolutely saw this in theaters and it's it was a, a football movie. Yeah, it's a great Adam Sandler movie. I've never even seen the original, but I mean, it was pretty solid for what it was. I remember at the time even being sad for Courtney Cox because she was like the the jilted shitty girlfriend in the beginning yeah. of the movie. Mm -hmm. and this was like the year friends ended and it's like oh fuck like this is this is the first thing you're doing after monica geller really okay yeah. all right got hope it hope it picks up for you and then she did cougar town which i think is fucking brilliant so it sure did pick up i i find it you know with adam sandler's like repertoire of movies that he's done the women he is married to or oh my god it's just I Outkick, he... outkicks his coverage every single time yeah, <laughs> yeah. also uh, he's he's made a movie where he's hooked up with Courtney Cox he's made a movie where he's hooked up with Jennifer Aniston never made a movie where he hooked up with Lisa Kudrow not yet not yet that's a good point that's a good I mean, point Jennifer Aniston is clearly Andrew Barrymore are his like go-tos yeah. <laughs> yeah uh number four Cinderella Man yeah another didn't see it in theaters but I kind of wish I had it it's I feel like it would have hit harder, unintended, um, on the theater or nice. the big screen. Yeah, it was basically it was like Depression era Rocky with Russell Crowe as Rocky and Paul Giamatti as as Mickey, right? As Mickey, yeah, <laughs> as a rich Mickey. <laughs> um, I didn't see this movie in theaters either. I didn't see this until my junior year of high school, and that I they ha they offered like for the first time ever like a film class. Really? And this was it, shown in that? This was shown in that. Like, I remember, like, that was where I saw Virgin Suicides. That was where I saw Girl Fight. That was where I saw this. I think we even watched Fight Club in that movie or in that movie class. Like, it was pretty intense for, like, you know, being 16 years old. It was, it was pretty fucking cool, especially just living in such a remote rural place. But Cinderella, man, I'm like, oh, no, that movie's great. Like, that might be the best movie of, of the five we're going to talk about right now. I yeah well what is the okay, yeah the fifth um, the fifth is yeah. Sisterhood of Traveling Pants 
not a great movie, but it did introduce me to Blake Lively. So a pretty important movie to uh, de developmental George. I that's the only one of these five I've not seen, but I, I just wanted to say the Cinderella man. The reason I saw it was um, I was on a huge Thomas Newman kick, like any soundtrack that I discovered that he had done. Mm. I was picking up that that movie to watch. That's how I discovered Meet Joe Black, uh, Cinderella Man, I, Less Than Zero. I want to make fun of you, but like that's the kind of shit I do now. Like, and I fucking love <laughs> that. That that's so great. Also, Meet Joe Black, un un underrated. Oh, totally underrated. I love okay. that movie. A little long, like even even when he does like hours. even when Brad Pitt's doing like the Jamaican accent, talking to that old woman in the ER. Yeah, but he kind of nails it. <laughs> okay, and, yeah, no, and... you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that movie it kicks off with like such a bang because I remember I was I had, like was watching it late at night in my bedroom on my laptop and I had no idea what I was getting into. I don't even think I read the like the synopsis. I just saw uh, Anthony Hopkins, Brad Pitt, and then it kicks off in the first ten minutes with that epic like crossing <laughs> the street scene. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that's not on this list, but I, I remember, led me there. I can't remember if it was my brother or my sister, one of them was going to see it. And I remember going with them to see it just because the Phantom Menace trailer premiered with me, Joe Black. You were one of those, huh? Yeah, I was. Oh, dude, yeah. I was like, that's like eight. Like, I didn't really care about like Anthony Hopkins dying and like having to make amends with the devil or not the devil, the, 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 the Grim Reaper before, die. like, I. I, I didn't care, but also, how much better would uh, Succession have been if uh, a Micho Black like character showed up to, before oh, before man. Roy before Roy kicked in? Oh, that would have been so good because he would have had such a different conversation with him than Anthony Hopkins did. Fuck off! Yeah, yeah there was a lot of angry yelling, but also, I mean, Micho Black did so well because of people going to see it for, for the, the Phantom Menace trailer. Trailer, like people were leaving the theater as soon as the trailer was over. Right. But I love that Hollywood execs are like, who cares? <laughs> movies do great. <laughs> the only other big movies I can see for May, which would have you know bled into June, uh, the first one being Crash. That was absolutely that was Paul Haggis, right? Uh, yeah, and would um, go would go on to win Best Picture at the Oscars the year mm -hmm. after. Yeah, and uh, Kingdom of Heaven, which I still. It's never seen i haven't seen the director's cut i haven't seen the good version of this because this is ridley scott right yes it and is orlando yes. bloom doing like a, a crusades movie the, like everyone you could think of is in this film somewhere like okay. ed norton is in it but you never even see his face it's just he's in it but um i i, I think i've seen it twice the theatrical and the director's cut and both times i was like yeah, that's nice to look at. <laughs> okay, I I thought you would have been like, because uh, I know how much you love like the industrial cut of like Alien Three and shit. So yeah. I wasn't sure if you would have been like a true believer, like conspiracy theorist for the director's cut of of Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, I mean, I think Ridley is hit or miss, and especially lately, a lot more misses than hits. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, it definitely warrants another watch because okay. I, I i don't really remember much about it anyway though i am surprised you're skipping over unleashed which uh i, this, I liked unleashed i was i was just good okay i i did skip over unleashed i'm sorry i did, I did do that 
Um, only gross three hundred twenty six thousand. <laughs> well, uh, that was that was from that's from the box office. I skipped over yeah. to uh to the movie web link. Okay, All right. to to cover the greater the greater May releases. Gotcha. Um, let's just talk about the summer, man. This was like a big summer for movies. Big summer for me. This is like when my father started like being more confident and trustworthy to like let me go see all these movies. So mm-hmm. I saw so many fucking movies. There was two theaters in my town. One would show like bigger blockbusters. The other would show like more smaller independent esque movies. Like not independent movies, but you know of of that vibe, I guess. Right. So like more that was gay. where. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was where I saw like Lords of Dogtown, which came out June third, two thousand five. Didn't make the top five, but it was a big movie. And it was one of those things where a lot of um, the girls I would go on to have crushes on in high school would like cite that as like one of their favorite movies kind of deal, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I hear that. I mean, that, that was a great film and the uh, oh, Heath he, Ledger. Yeah. Totally. Scum, scumbag Heath Ledger. Perfect in that movie. Yeah. I mean, everybody, even uh, Emil Hirsch is really good in that too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who else is in that um, off the top of my head, but no, I, I, I feel you on those smaller indie films. Like this is a, it, in high school at that age is a perfect time to start realizing that, there were other things besides blockbusters. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Also, um, oh, sorry. I was just, Sound of Thunder is one of the first movies I ever illegally downloaded. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it's not a good film, but uh, it's, it's an interesting story, good plot. But uh, yeah, it just stands out to me as something that LimeWire had or whatever right. I was using at the time. Right, right, right. Another movie I saw in theaters just because it looked so sexy, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. And so this movie had two lives for me. This movie came out and was like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, two of the biggest actors at the time. It's just like, oh, well, fuck, I want to go see that. And then when I was in film school 10 years later, taking like a screenwriting class, finding out that that was like started off as like the screenwriter's like final project for school and just like worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, and then eventually made it into the feature. Huh. That, that we got um right. also the reason he left jennifer aniston right because that was like sliding yes. doors moment where he met angelina jolie yes it was sure was um another movie from june chum scrubber which i've never seen so please tell me about chum scrubber what did i miss not seeing this this just felt like uh like you know how when someone says indie film i immediately thought of it around this time period like garden state or whenever garden state actually came out it's, i guess it was in 2005 but um Probably, Scrubber, probably 2004. Like, I think you're close four, like, yeah. in the ballpark. Yeah. Chum Scrubber just felt like reeked of indie film, like just a totally unique story, but with a stacked cast. I mean, you had everybody in that. You had uh, Ray Fiennes, Carrie Ann Moss, um, Rita Wilson, Jamie Bell. Um, I forget who the, the, the name of the his love interest, what her name was. One of the Calkins is in it. I think the youngest one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Will, William Fickner, who is like a character actor, and oh, he's one lo- of my favorite lo- actors. Lo- love that dude, yeah, yeah. It's just such an interesting story about like a guy whose best friend and drug dealer kills himself, and like mm-hmm. no one at this rich community cares except this the best friend, the main character, Jamie Bell. And it's how he like has to navigate life right now, like dealing with the death of his best friends in a world oh glenn close plays the mom of the the kid who kills himself it's just the list keeps going and 
it just it's like a world that we would never live in because it was or i would never live in it was just the rich people in a community where they only cared about themselves not even like their own significant others or their kids they just only care about themselves mm -hmm. and this one guy cared about somebody else and uh i just i don't know it really hit the nail on the head for me i really enjoyed it i had no idea what it was about still not 100 sure what it's about but it uh i just really liked it it was a great great film another movie from june herbie fully loaded i didn't see that one in theaters but um i was it was 2005 i was 14 when this movie came out about to be 15 like two weeks later I was massively in love with Lindsay Lohan. So when that shit hit HBO, you can bet your bottom dollar. I was watching that all the time. I can't tell you anything that happens in it, but I, I remember how I felt watching it being like, yes, you made a great decision being in love with Lindsay Lohan. I, I'm, I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure I've seen some Herbie like reruns on Nick and oh, Nate yeah, oh, yeah, when I was that age. Yeah, yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it seemed, I remember when it came out, I was like, what? This is kind of odd because like our generation doesn't know who herbie is like it just seems like a weird thing to reboot yeah i don't think it was made for us i gotta be honest Colin. <laughs> Lindsay lohan though Lindsay lohan uh, uh, okay you're, you're right that that part was made for us that part was made for us uh yeah. and then to close out the month the last big movie war of the worlds starring mm -hmm. tom cruise directed by steven spielberg saw the fuck out of this in theaters yeah yeah i did too um and we, yeah, we were talking about this the other night that uh, that was during their like team up period. Yeah, they did that. They did Minority Report, and it felt like he found his like post Tom Hanks guy, right? Yeah, I, I'm I just find him hard to believe as like the dad. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It, I think it's just because his background is all Mission Impossible, Top Gun, like these big action movies. And then this one is like he's kind of a down on his luck, divorced dad. I think this is one of the last times he would do shit like that because he also did like Rain Man. You know, he also did mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. smaller movies like like Cocktail, yeah. a, a Few Good Men. And this really does feel like him trying it one last time before he would almost like not quite like age out, but at least like age out of believability. Right. Yeah. Because like after this, he really does double down on like the action movie route for his career. He does. And I, I gotta say, I've never been a huge fan of Dakota Fanning, but she's always been an amazing actor. So mm -hmm. I thought she played like the helpless daughter really well. <laughs> right. Uh fuck. I skipped a movie from June, but that's because I saw it for my birthday the next month in July. Batman begins. Oh, of course. Have have to mention that one. I remember being really mad at the trailer, being like, this doesn't feel like Batman. And uh, I was a fucking idiot. I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Well, that also introduced, really, the world to Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it, it did. And it's Batman Begins isn't my favorite of the, the three, but I think it might be the best of the three. Like, dark, like, I understand the love for Dark Knight, but I think Batman Begins, like, feels like a comic book movie like all due respect to dark knight it feels like heat almost like it feels like a michael mm -hmm. mann movie more than like a chris nolan movie and then just like this one fucking weird guy dresses up like a bat right <laughs> yeah very true i mean scarecrow is also my favorite villain and and so for him to be the one to kind of kick off 
like the trilogy though he's he's not in it as much as you'd hope no he's not but that portrayal of him just like in the suit with like a burlap set it's like i think one of the coolest fucking looks for scarecrow yeah i, I, I think mean, it's so good and uh, obviously what's his nuts playing him uh, S- Killian murphy Killian murphy so fucking good yeah he's <laughs> he's amazing i mean and i think recently some interview surfaced with nolan regarding him talking to killian mm-hmm. leading up and he's like you should you need to see the uh audition tapes of killian auditioning to be batman because he was according to nolan he was like he had to show the studio execs he goes he's not going to be batman but he needs to be in this movie look how terrifying and amazing he is oh damn and and so that's what ended up getting him cast and getting him to be a regular in nolan films and now you know with oppenheimer coming out now he's dr o baby yeah yeah he is (laughs) Um, and I mean, I love that he he shows up in the next two Batman movies anyway, like just as a supporting mm-hmm. like little scene stealer. But, oh, yeah. Uh, just there to get like a free lunch one day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he's so good. And but I, I yeah, I really liked it. And this is before Marvel kicked in and started doing those post credit scenes to like tie in the next one. You just the ending of Batman begins when he's talking to Commissioner Gordon and he holds mm-hmm. up the Joker card, like in a Ziploc in the evidence bag, and he's like, "This has been found at a crime scene." The whole theater was just like, <gasps> "We know what that means." Yeah. yeah, that was that really kicked off like the superhero vibe. It did, and I feel like this is also one of the last movies where um, comic book nerds kind of shut the fuck up about stuff, where like the the whole scene at the end where uh, he's like. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you ever. Like yeah. every, if that shit happened now, everyone be like, that's not Batman. But like back then, like, I feel like people had a better understanding like, Oh, well the comic books are one thing and the movies are a different thing. So they're allowed to be different. And I'm just like, so thankful that this movie came out in an era where it tried to be a movie first and like a comic book property second. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Cause I mean, coming from someone like me who didn't, I, I just grew up on the animated series, never read any of the comics or anything like that. This was, I just knew the scarecrow from the portrayal in the, in the, uh, in the cartoon. The cartoon. Yeah, I didn't really even good. really know who, um, uh, Ra's al Ghul was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just, I loved being immersed in that world as 18 year old me. Yeah. Moving on to July, the first big movie, unless you want to talk about Dark Water or The Descent. Any any shout outs to those? Um, I have not seen Dark Water. Okay. But uh, The Descent, I didn't see until much later in life. And that is a terrifying horror film. Yeah, when you fuck with the Appalachian Trail, sometimes it fucks back. Um, and yeah. I don't, I don't love that as someone who lives at the end of the Appalachian Trail. So I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably going to keep dodging that movie. <laughs> I think as long as you don't go down any holes, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. July, July thirteenth, two thousand five. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came out with Johnny Depp as, uh, as Wonka, and I gotta say that felt like a fucking W for me because I had to go through all of eighth grade with every woman, um every girl let's be at seventh grade every girl being like well johnny depp is the perfect man like captain jack sparrow is the sexiest person who's ever lived and so just for him to go from like 
I'm Captain Jack Sparrow to fucking super weird, eccentric Willy Wonka. It felt like I got to be like, see, it's fake. He's not really like that. He's, he's an actor. He just does shit. Um, so that felt that felt like a big win for me. Just like having like a weird photo of Johnny Depp to point to for all the girls I, w- I was crushing on who were mad that I didn't have a stash of rum and <laughs> and you know dirty dreads. Um, yeah. Or a, I don't know, man. I'm a, a boat. I'm a... <laughs> I'm a purist. I don't know that you could outdo um, the original. The original was just like Gene yeah, Wilder is. Gene, Gene Wilder is pretty perfect. Willy Wonka. How do you feel about how do you feel about Timmy Timmy Chalamet playing playing the role? Well, but that's gonna be what like a prequel, like how he became Willy Wonka. Like I, don't know. <laughs> I the, and plus, like in the first, the original one, like those kids may have died. And like he didn't care. Oh, uh, they they definitely died, Colin. <laughs> yeah, like they they absolutely they absolutely died. Yeah, I just that kind of gave it a whole new because as a kid seeing that movie, the original, I was mm-hmm. just like, I still want to go to the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, I just will try to be better than those kids. Yeah, I just I just won't be a shit heel when I do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of like Jurassic Park. Like I would still go after seeing, like even if the dinosaurs break out, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just I'm always going to be within 35 feet of a shelter when I yeah. go to Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. Um. Also, that same day, July 13th, 2005, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, that was that's what I was seeing. Yeah. Big um, moment, big movie. Fuck yeah, love that movie. Yeah, because that didn't that kick off the um. What, like the frat pack? No, I guess we got when did Anchorman come out? Old school, I think old school. Old that, school, yeah. Old school was 2003. And so you got like Vince Vaughn coming back from that. Yep. I snuck into old school in a packed theater, and uh, my friend and I were both, and he was younger than me, and we both sat next to like a guy who was probably in his early 20s or like 19 or something. Mm-hmm. And I like we could pass as younger siblings. Yeah. And uh, there was, we were in the middle of our row and someone was definitely walking through like an employee with their little wand looking for people. And I think one or two people got pulled and kicked out for being underage. But uh, I was so glad I didn't get caught because that movie was hilarious. <laughs> that movie was hilarious. But th- this was like the peak of like R rated, probably not like Hangover might be the peak, right? Of R rated. Mm-hmm comedies mm-hmm. but this was definitely the ascension riding that old school wave and 40 year old virgin wave and then yeah I, it probably did plateau i guess with hangover and then start to decline after with hangover two and three <laughs> yeah, those were those were not great um must love dogs was a rom-com with john kisak and diane lane um i saw that just because i thought diane lane was so pretty i don't know what happens in that movie but i know diane lane looked really good in it I've and, never seen and that. I love John Cusack from High Fidelity, Say Anything. Like, mm-hmm. as a younger kid, I just thought he was, like, a cool person. Oh, he still is, though. Especially yeah, but, with Hot Tub Time Machine, yeah. Yeah, but this felt like the first, like, dad moment of him to me. Yeah. Whereas, like, oh, he might not be cool anymore. True. Um, I've never seen The Island, but I assume, oh, you, I assume you have thoughts on The Island. I, I mean, The Island is one of... I'm going to say it, this might be blasphemous, but one of Michael Bay's best. Okay. I I mean, it's kind of, I think it's supposed to be like a loose remake of what, Running Man or something like that. I, I don't even know. Maybe it's not Running Man. Um, but 
I loved it. Ewan McGregor is great. ScarJo is great. Was it Running Man or Logan's Run? Logan's Run. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. You know, it had Run in the title. Yeah, but, no, um, you got there. You got there. Uh, and I, I'll see anything with Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I love me some Sean Bean. But uh, I, I'm a huge fan of The Island. It's definitely one of my favorites. And Steve Jablonski did the, uh, the score, uh, which is... <laughs> I just mm. I think I got I got pretty drunk a few years ago and I remember buying someone's like PSP movie collection on <laughs> on eBay because I thought it was funny because it came with like a lot of PSP collections of Jackass and Viva La Bam and shit. Uh, it included a bunch of movies, including The Island and a week later's Stealth. I've never seen Stealth on like a TV, but I have seen it on PSP. And it was, again, one of those things where like, oh, I'm drunk and I bought this. It'd be really funny if I watched it right now. And just being like fully engrossed in bed with like, you know, my dog on one leg, a different dog on another leg, a different dog between me and like Aaliyah, like two feet away from me. And I'm just sitting there with headphones plugged in, like watching stealth. <laughs> uh, I haven't checked out the island yet, though. I, I did see Bad News Bears, the the remake one with um, Billy Bob Thornton. And that movie is a piece of shit. I've never seen any of the Bad News Bears. Not great. Um, we talked about stealth. Devil's Rejects. I've never seen it. You know what? Okay. That's on. That's on. That's Rob Zombie, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I, something. Somebody saw it at one point. One of my friends was just like, "This is, it's rough. Like, okay, pretty like gore heavy." And uh, See, seemed like seemed like a Colin movie. Okay. I need to see it. It's on the list. It's on the okay. list. Uh, Sky High is a movie I've still never seen, despite Kurt Russell being in it. But like, I know there's like a big cult following, and everyone being like, "Actually, this is the best comic book movie." Shut the fuck up! It's not. But I respect you if you like it. That's fine. That's cool. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying it's not the best comic book movie, even though I've never yeah. seen it. I think that was. I mean, I again, I just graduated high school, and I was like, "This is not. This is not meant for me at that age." I just didn't want to see that. Uh, next up, Skeleton Key, a horror movie I actually did see in theaters because um, a girl I had a crush on wanted to go, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll go see that." I'm brave, and um, incomprehensible movie by the end of it. Yeah, and then it ends, and you're kind of like, "What?" Okay, <laughs> I I literally said what? Like I was that asshole who like said something out loud at a theater. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And everyone laughed because no one knew what happened. Yeah, so you were the the comedy of it. I, I was I, I was the hero of the movie, if you think about it. Um, moving on to August, Transporter Two. Fuck yeah! Ooh, tra- you know what? I feel like Two is the weakest of those three. Yeah, but still a good time. Uh, yeah, still, and I love that all three of those movies have the the poster is just him jumping through the air somehow with guns <laughs> and fire. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up, I didn't see Broken Flowers, but I remember really wanting to because of Bill Murray being in it. That but was the... a film school one for me. Oh, uh, we we get we watched that in the class because it, it's uh, Jim Jarmusch, I believe. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, I had no, I didn't want to see it because I felt like that was in the same vein as like Garden State and like oh I'm an indie film, but I actually really enjoyed it. I was like, this is a solid story. It's funny. It's I mean, it's dark, but uh, and Bill Murray's great. Okay, I will actually add that to the list based on your review. Um, the movie I, I saw instead was Dukes of Hazard. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that was uh, directed by Broken Lizard's own Jay uh, Chandakar. Uh, Ch- Chandra Chandra Sekar. 
Chandra Chandra Sekar. Okay. Did not mean to be disrespectful. Who makes an appearance and they like reference super troopers in that movie when they pull him over as campus security. Yeah. No, I I remember because they're all in it in some weird capacity. And they actually like reference how weird it is that like the General Lee has like the Confederate flag on top and like they get fucking booed to shit in Atlanta (laughs) when they actually go to the city. Uh, I I like that movie, man. It's got uh, James Roday as like the, the bad guy. Who's like the lead guy from Psych? It's like the oh. not the not the bad like the bad like race car driver that they they go up against. It's been I I just remember literally looking who's in the poster. That's all. Okay. Oh, uh, Willie Nelson, just like and uh, Burt wow. Yeah, yeah. There were like a deleted scene and Willie Nelson going like, "Why was Bunker Hill so slippery?" It's like I don't know why. It's like the British were coming. <laughs> remember that joke? Really, really got me. Uh, next up. I'm going to talk about The Protector because I think Tony Jaw is like one of the fucking coolest people who's ever lived. It's basically John Wick. Like he's like living on a farm in Thailand with elephants and like one of his elephants gets stolen and I think one of them gets killed. And then he just goes on a mission of vengeance trying to reclaim his fucking elephants. That movie's goddamn amazing. It has one of the best tracking shots I've ever seen where he goes up like not a spiral staircase, but like a spiral hallway, almost like the, like the Guggenheim Museum, Uh-oh. how it's Uh-oh. like against the wall. And it's a giant tracking shot of him just fucking obliterating 50 people. It's incredible. It is such a good martial arts movie. Okay. I've never, I don't even know that I've really heard of that one. Oh, all. man, that, that shit's good. Um, okay. Next up, For Real Virgin, saw that in theaters. Yeah. Yes, I, I got to tell you, someone who was buying a lot of toys back then still, even though he was in high school, but I saw like a cool Marvel Legends action figure of the Hulk. Um, fucking hated that movie the first time I saw it. Loved it. But I was just like, son of a bitch. Am I the 40-year-old virgin? Am I the 14-year-old virgin? I was the, the 15-year-old virgin at that point. But um, actually, no, I, no, I wasn't. But it, was, but it was really close. I still felt like a fucking loser for buying toys is what I'm saying. Great movie, though. <laughs> I I didn't you know what I'm hot take I'm not a big Judd Apatow fan that is a hot and take I when we saw this I was just like yeah it's going it's like it's a little too far like they were too long like we get it and it just kind of kept going maybe I've grown into him now maybe I need to mm-hmm. see some go back and revisit some Apatow films Four Brothers is a movie everyone I talk to seems to love I don't give a shit about that movie never seen it yeah it's it's fine. Uh, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, though, wrote a fucking paper on that in college. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> also, I gotta be honest, not a great movie, but I really like it. Uh, speaking of Killian Murphy, though, Red Eye. Red Eye is a very good movie. That was Wes Craven? Yeah, what a weird Wes Craven. And you know what's hilarious is that movie, like the trailer and everything just shows you uh, like it's purely just the plane and like you're stuck in, a, in an airplane what are you gonna do mm-hmm. but then when you actually watch the movie and you're like there's this whole side plot about like killing people in a hotel and there's a rocket launcher at some point and it just gets a little crazy but still intense i liked it well, this is the it. this is the summer of me falling in love with rachel mcadams because she was in this and wedding mm-hmm. crashers wedding crashers yeah and, and yeah. mean girls too which i think came out earlier in the year mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. later in the year so she um, went from high school to college graduate yeah you must to senator's daughter yeah absolutely um last movie i want to talk about like uh, constant gardener i remember like pretending to like that movie just to seem deep um kinky boots again didn't love that movie but another just like killian murphy like this was the summer of killian murphy oh is he in this i've never seen the kinky he was yeah huh 
Okay. Okay. I hear you. I I mean I saw Brothers Grimm. I liked Brothers Grimm. <laughs> I That's I skipped that one. a good I Heath Ledger. could not remember why, but I remember skipping it. Um, fuck me. So many movies came out in August. Um, actually, the, sorry, that was August. So many movies came out in September. <laughs> All right. That's what What I do meant we got? to say. All right, let, let's, let's burn through these a little quickly. Um, after this first movie... Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, summer, Yes. September 5th, 2005. One of my favorite movies of all time. Oof, The, so the good. reintroduction of Robert Downey Jr. to mainstream America. This movie is why he got Iron Man, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Hands down. I, I've, I've, it's weird, but I've honestly thought before if I ever get the chance to interview him for Mm hmm whatever reason. I just want to hear about his and Val Kilmer's chemistry because they are like electric. Fucking amazing. Absolutely incredible. That th Yeah. this movie is so good. Like I want to fall asleep to this movie after we finish recording this. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. I mean, I still have a hard time following the plot because they kind of like wrap it all up real quick at the end. They sure do, yeah. But uh, I just love everything about it. Every time I've seen it, I'm, I'm laughing. I love that movie. Hey Colin, real quick. Sorry, did you say talking monkey? <laughs> ficus Yeah, <laughs> ugly sucker only came says here. Came here from the future. Only says only ficus. says ficus What do you do? Oh, I'm retired. <laughs> My dad invented dice. Uh, that's such a good <laughs> yeah uh. uh, let's see. Harsh Times, another Christian Bale movie um, from 2005 after his his Batman debut. Not debut, but well, I, I guess it debuting as Batman. Um, next movie, I still haven't seen this, and I feel bad because you lent me this DVD. I want to say four years ago, Revolver. So good. Okay. So good. I mean, but this is purely Guy Ritchie going through some, like, I think he and uh, Madonna were getting divorced right around then. Yeah. And so he was like, quote unquote, finding himself. And Fuck it. he. Uh, We're, fuck it. We're going for it. Fuck it. We bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just he, he, the movie is like based on some like extension of Buddhism, I believe. Okay. And all the characters are supposed to represent like different parts of that. But it's just it's amazing. They all play so well. And this is the first time I ever saw Mark Strong. And I he is he quickly became one of my favorite actors. No, that dude's great. Um, He's basically just like British William Fickner, right? Where he's like one of your favorite yeah. character dudes. Yeah. And he plays in a well, he I don't know if he's plays an American necessarily, but he, he has no accent, no British accent in Revolver. Mm hmm. But the other thing about that is I picked up an Empire magazine that happened to cover Revolver around that time. And it, I'm pretty sure it said that uh, the British cut was deemed too smart and intellectual for American audiences. Mm -hmm. yeah that feels So, right yeah that feels yeah. <laughs> that feels right So, um but I, I had downloaded it and it is, it's only a little bit different, but the ending is very different than the, um, the American one. So I saw the British one first and loved it. And then when I bought it and was like trying to get my roommates to watch it, it didn't end the same way. And I was like, what? This is. No, this is this is bad. This This is not is bullshit. the same thing. This is, this is bullshit, yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Man, September was fucking stacked. Brokeback Mountain, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, which like was the first movie I remember seeing advertised the way it was, where I couldn't tell if it was a movie or like home footage, just like based on the, the marketing for it. Then we got Corpse Bride, Walk the Line,
the notorious Betty Page. I remember seeing that poster and I remember seeing that trailer at like my local like independent cinerama. Uh, just like heaven with Reese Witherspoon and Mark Ruffalo, where I think she dies and he moves into her apartment and he can see her ghost. Oh. <laughs> Wolf Creek, which is like Ooh, a horror yeah. movie. Is that the one that has like the guy with like the red mask on, like holding a knife? No, that's um uh cry wolf. Uh, wolf sorry, Creek the, is the, the, awesome... the, the other wolf horror movie, my bad. Yeah. Uh, Wolf Creek oh my god! Oh my god! That's right above it. Yeah, okay, fuck. It I, didn't, I, I didn't know they came out the same day. Okay. Wolf Creek is an Australian outback horror film. Oh, that sounds way better than Cry Wolf. Yeah, it, yeah. it was really good. I did not like Cry Wolf. I did not like it either. That was like the inv- home invasion movie. Yeah, and it ends up being like all it was all like a prank, and I think yeah. someone died literally like running away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy in the mask. Yeah. Lord of War, I saw that with my brother, and we were like, fuck, we're brothers, we're close, we're like these brothers, and then something happens to one of the brothers, and we're like, we're not like these brothers at no, all. No, we're not like these at all. <laughs> and a sequel's coming out, we're getting a sequel. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah, I forgot that we can look forward to that. Um, History of Violence, which oh, for the longest time is considered like the best comic adaptation ever. It was it's, so it's good. based off a graphic novel. And it was like one of my first times seeing Vigo Mortensen post Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's definitely not Aragorn in this. No, he is not. Um, Capote saw that in theaters. Philip Seymour Hoffman playing Truman Capote. And we actually talked about this game, or sorry, talked about this movie last night. Into the Blue confused that with Blue Crush while we were playing Deep Rock Galactic last night yeah. on PlayStation. Oh, which I, I, you didn't, you're not mentioning it. I just want to say the greatest please, game please, ever please. played is... Is that the Shia LaBeouf golf, golf movie? It is. That movie holds a very special place in my heart. Okay. Um, that Like, my dad came out to visit me in college, and we didn't talk much. And so I was like, let's just go see a movie, because then we don't have to talk. We don't have to make small talk, and you and love then, golf. And then after that, we can just talk about the movie. Yes, and... Yeah. I didn't. I expected to just be like bored to tears because he likes golf. I didn't really care. And then we saw it, and I was like, "This." I went out and bought the soundtrack. I bought mm-hmm. the book, and when the movie came out, I bought the DVD. And I like showed it to every family member I had, and uh, I know Shia claims that that is the movie that brought him out of even Steven's world and into the world of like adult acting. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just it's a great Disney feel good it's like miracle and whatever other sports movies disney put out that are like based on a true story okay um and bill paxton directed it that is weird but it's phenomenal did he direct anything else i don't know okay (laughs) but i love that movie. you know what i might have to watch that soon okay all right all right add it to the list um moving on to october november is really short so we're we're just going to burn through these First up, Squid and the Whale. Um, I remember wanting to see that because it was Jesse Eisenberg. Like, I think that's his first movie. That's not why I want to see it. I want to see it because Jeff Daniels was in it. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love Dumb and Dumber. And it was like, oh, like, oh, he's doing serious. Then finding out it's like a divorce movie and as like a, a child of divorced parents. I'm like, oh, this was actually like, I shouldn't have seen this alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> as, a, as a precocious 15 year old, that was probably a bad idea. Um, waiting. Waiting. Waiting was oh, huge. Oh, my God. 
Waiting was, I saw that, right? Like, that was a college movie with my new, like, future roommates, but people I had just met and were, like, I was really good friends with. And mm -hmm. we quoted it and did the, um, there was a few of the moments of, like, getting people to walk in on a ball sack, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, sure was. Mm -hmm. Um, Domino, Tony Scott. Tony, Tony Scott, RIP. R.I.P., yeah. Uh, we actually, I just, we, uh, in, we were in Vegas for the bachelor party and we had dinner at the Strat and I was like, this seems very familiar. And I looked it up, same hotel, uh, slash restaurant that the end of Domino takes place. In. Oh, damn, dude. That's rad. Yeah. <laughs> can we go there when we go to Vegas in, in September? We can, uh, the, we went to the very top to eat, but we racked up like a two grand bill. So let's maybe not do that part. Let's not do, let's, um, let's sneak in some, some cheeseburgers from a Burger King nearby. Yeah. Mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. let's just stick to drinks. Um, yes. let's see Elizabeth town. I know that movie gets a lot of shit, but I love Cameron Crow. Yeah. It's a good Cameron Crow. I think it it's is. better than we bu built a zoo. I didn't even see that. I don't think Aloha is very good. But um, I think it's got like two no. of my favorite movie moments of all time in that movie. Really? But it's not a good movie. Um, but Elizabeth Tan, I think, was probably when he started to lose a little speed on his fastball. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it, it was good, but it, I had to like convince myself that it was good. Can you believe how big fucking October was? Uh, the Weatherman. Yep. Yep, love that. And also that had Hope Davis. I taught her kids how to swim when I worked at a country club. Wow. Yeah, you. and I remember succession. I was so fucking cool the entire summer, and and then like August, I was like, "So, Hope, I'm really sorry. Like, I gotta ask you a couple questions." And she's like, "Yeah, what's up?" I was like, "Would you be okay if I asked you about your movie career?" And she's like, "Yeah, you've been really cool all summer. Yeah, I, I can do that now." I was like, "Why aren't you in more Wes Anderson movies?" And just like losing my mind, being like, "What happened?" Oh, I bet she still remembers that. She's probably tells people about that little conversation. Oh, that with fucking you. weird lifeguard who wouldn't shut yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Legend of Zorro. I don't like it as much as the first Mark of Zorro. Uh, Mark of Zorro. Mask of Zorro. Mask of, Zorro, Mask of yeah. Zorro. Sorry, that that's like up there with like the Mummy for me. As just like, oh, this is just mm -hmm. a fucking banger, unapologetic action movie I could throw on in any mood. Yep, that's so good. And then for the rest of October, uh, Match Point, which is a Woody Allen movie with. Scarlett Johansson and Rice John John, John Rice Myers, Josh right? Myers, yeah, yeah. And doesn't um, she die? Isn't she like killed? <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't love this movie, but I love Scarlett Johansson and uh, I love tennis. So I remember like really struggling to watch that movie. Also, in October was in her shoes with Cameron Diaz and Tony Collette, mm. and um, that's just like a great one-two punch. Um. <laughs> Saw 2. I know you're not a big fan of the Spookies, but Saw 2 is probably the best out of all okay. 28 of those movies. I'm not a big not a big fan of the Spookies, but I will check that one out for for, for you for respect. I mean, if because I, tr I trust you. Saw 1 and 2 should have they should have just stopped there because okay. there's a there's a big reveal in Saw 2 that and the whole theater went nuts when it happened. So it was just it, I loved Saw 2 so much. Let's see November and then we'll wrap up. Jarhead saw that in theaters. Uh, I did too, and it you know I feel like the trailer sold us on more of an action film than it ended up being. Sure did. The way people like tried to sue um, Drive as being like I thought it's going to be like Fast and the Furious, and then it turns out it was like a nineteen seventies neo noir 
crime movie um that i thought i was seeing a war movie and it was just like very much like an introspective um what war does to the psyche of like a underdeveloped person um really good movie but i have no interest in seeing it again anytime soon and lee and i were talking about like jamie fox being like oh we didn't know he was a singer too like we didn't know like how multi-talented he was because we were young and just like didn't have that exposure Mm -hmm. like we just thought of him as like the dude from like in loving color and just like oh he's really funny but then he became like a, a drama actor and like Jarhead was like, yeah, the same year, the same calendar that we were talking about for like Kanye and uh, Gold Digger. In yeah, fact, that's I, right. I think this was November, which was the same. Gold Digger was number one, November 5th. This movie drops November 4th yeah. in 2005. So it makes sense that yep. he was doing the one, two punch. And so I always thought of him as an actor and didn't know. Um, also, uh, Thomas Newman did the soundtrack to Jarhead, so oh, that's did also he? why, why <laughs> did I picked he? that up. <laughs> did he? I just really like Jake Gyllenhaal. I just thought he was a cool dude. Yep, that was, uh, was great. Zathora didn't see at, in theaters at the time. Caught on HBO. Get Rich Die Trying didn't see it in theaters. I don't think it even played near me, unfortunately. I, otherwise, I would have seen it because I thought Fifty Cent was fucking rad at the time. Uh, let's wow, see what is. Ooh, wow, Joy Noël. I can't do French, but... Uh, Joy Noël. That is a great and sad movie. It's fantastic, I gotta Harry, say. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Didn't see that in theaters. Um, Syriana. Uh, I'm, gonna bleep, saw... I'm gonna bleep this out. I got my first blowjob to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah we um there the movie theater had like um uh the like an intermission halfway through and like right before the intermission happened the the my girlfriend at the time was so bored with this movie Ooh. that i was like really into she just started doing that and then i was like yeah we're gonna leave like we should go like we should go do any anything else i've never seen the second half of that movie oh man i i was back from college on like a uh, i guess for thanksgiving break or something or whenever mm-hmm. and uh my my buddy was going to school at uh um george washington in dc and so i was gonna go stay with him for like a weekend and he and two friends were gonna go see it so i went with them but they're you know they're on they like majoring in public policy or something like that like they're this is an important film for them mm-hmm. and uh so i went to go see it apparently i fell asleep and started snoring loudly in the theater and uh i woke up as the lights were coming up and my buddy was like shaking me and he just leaned over and he goes i am so sorry (laughs) (laughs) um i I eventually watched it later like somehow came across the dvd and watched it and uh, i was like okay i understand this now oh years later this is what (laughs) happened okay yeah um, last two movies I think of consequence for the month of November, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Just Friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Reynolds still like riding that, uh, like waiting and uh, Van Wilder high, but like yeah. pre Deadpool, pre him becoming everyone's favorite human being who ever walked the face of the earth. Yep. This is and back when that... he. This is back when he was just Alanis Morissette's ex boyfriend. And right? uh, yeah, he sings uh, what Casey and JoJo the and I swear. <laughs> Yeah, back when you could have uh, actors in fat suits. Yeah, and it was a pretty good fat suit too. It was. It was a good one. Yeah. And then last big movie, Aeon Flux. I didn't see this one in theaters for some dumb reason. I should have seen every Charlize Theron movie on 
as big a screen as possible. That that's a that's a mistake on me. I've never seen it. I've I uh, I love the MTV cartoon. There was a cartoon. Yeah, it was like an anime adaptation, like made like anime stylized for U.S. audiences. Uh, it's really fucking good. It was like on MTV in late nineties, early two thousands. Hmm. Oh, I've never. I this. I'm pretty sure this is the movie. Every time I say Blade Runner, Emily thinks I'm talking about this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Checks out. <laughs> um, uh, and fuck, yeah. for the for the rest of the year too. Rumor has it the Ringer memoirs of a geisha. The New World, the first, um, fuck, what's that director's name? Terrence Malick, first Terrence Malick movie in like 10 years, like first one since Thin Red, uh, Thin Red Line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and 2005, would you want to go back? Ali and I were talking about this. Like, how how awesome was this period for for movies? Oh, I mean, it was great. This is, the early 2000s really nailed it anyway, though. So, like, they... They had some some gems. I mean, how much? Which there had to be at least one Fast and Furious in two thousand five. I don't think so. I think this was the hiatus between Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift, unless or was the hiatus after Tokyo Drift before four four or because there is hmm. there is a like a, a dormancy period. Wow. Well, nuts. Because I think yeah, I think Too Fast, Too Furious was. Like that was like a seventh grade movie for me because I remember like having that DVD with me when I moved, and that well, was like King, my... King, King Kong. Kong is on that list, and that that was a big one. Oh, that that was earlier in the year, right? That's that says December twelfth. December twelfth. <laughs> That's a long fucking movie, man. That was also yeah. weird because it was just like, oh, this is the Lord of the Rings guy, and like he's trying to do something else. Um. But that that game specifically, like that was like me like trying to justify like, oh, I need an Xbox 360. <laughs> like King Kong. Like, yeah, the game was like more convincing than the movie was to me. I was just like, look at those smoke particle effects. Wow, I never played the game, but the I loved the movie. I I think he did a good job with it. Um, but I don't the Lovely Bones after that and yeah anything. Uh, yeah, I think he he nailed it with Lord of the Rings and King Kong was a good way to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. It was tough just because it's like we think of him as one way. And then I actually didn't appreciate King Kong when it came out. And then when like all the Godzilla movies were coming out during COVID, that was when I like bought all the recent ones and went on like a, a big marathon. I just did like everything from this century that I could think of. And this this King Kong movie is very, very good. But it's also mm-hmm. like a movie. I'm not gonna rewatch it, but like I'll rewatch like the Gareth Edwards Godzilla movie every week if I have to. Like that movie's fucking perfect. But this movie, beautiful. I just I can't do it frequently. I could. I loved it, okay. but I also agree the God the Gareth Edwards one is amazing. This the next two are like eh. Actually, the yeah. second one's good. The third one's pretty not good. Pretty not good. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Colin, how how would you rate? Like you you said that this was a great time. Was it better than? Like than what the, year was it? The, the, the 2005. Would, would you, if all these movies were to come out for the first time now, would you be happier now with movies? Or are, are you feeling okay about the, the movie industry as it is now? No, I would love to see these now. If these were released now, I'd be pretty pumped. I mean, there were a few duds in there, like... I mean, like, I'm sitting here staring at Jarhead. Like, if that right. came out now, I think I'd see it and be like, yeah, that was a dark drama that I didn't really need. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, 
there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we were talking about that like if I could re-bottle the emotions I went through when I saw it for the first time, I'd love it. I just think there was like an originality to everything back then and there was like an excitement like we we talked about five months of comic book movie or sorry five months of movies and only one comic book movie came up like two if you count history of violence right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so uh, yeah it just I, I think it was like a more interesting time i don't even know if these movies are better but i think i was more excited about movies at this time like i saw yeah. so many of these fucking movies in theaters yeah and like i didn't have a license so like i had to ask people for rides and like i would it's it's hard to get me to go to a theater these days. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like, it's got to be really worth it to see it on the big screen. Yeah, because I can just, like, get drunk at home or smoke weed at home and, and watch it at home. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Colin, thank you so much. I've taken up so much of your time. I think a lot longer than I originally pitched it. So thank you for dorking out about movies with me. I, I really appreciate always it. dork out about movies with you. It, it felt great putting on her shoes and walking back to 2005 for just a moment. All right, well, I can't wait until you do 2006. Oh, it's going to fucking blow the doors, like, clear off the hinges. Colin, I love you. I miss you. Can't wait to see you. Thank you, you so much. Oct October, September, September, we Vegas. October. October, we Vegas. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you then. Cool. Love you. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.